0: Welcome to Capital Stories, the podcast from Capital Church, where we talk to real people about real issues and the intersections of life and faith to encourage you in your personal walk with Jesus. It's Eric, and today's episode is a conversation between Tara and our friend, Danalee Simon. Danalee is a pastor in the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, as well as a spiritual director who teaches on self-compassion. Many of us might relate to this feeling of pouring out and giving and overextending so much to the degree that our well has run dry. And that's no good because then there simply isn't anything left to give for us, let alone for anyone else. And this begs the question of why? When I'm so willing to give others a break, when I'm so willing to ask what someone else needs, why can't I do that for myself? Danely will walk you through her understanding of self-compassion and give you some practical tools for what it might look like in your own life. And what I love about this episode, though, is it's not just like a self-helpy sort of book, but so much of Lee's conversation about self-compassion is rooted deeply in her faith and is connected so much to her own own understanding of God's love. With that, here's Lee and Tara on Capital Stories.
1: So welcome, Lee. Thank you. We are excited to dive into and walk through all kinds of doorways
2: awesome.
1: when it comes to the idea of self-compassion. And I want to start by asking you how, when this became kind of a, uh-huh. I want to dig into that a little bit more. I want to start turning over these rocks of self-compassion because they seem a really important part of how to live. A healthy life as a follower of Christ. Would you remember like, when that kind of started as part of what was going to be a driving factor in your personal life, in your professional life, as you spiritually guide other pastors?
2: I am a Lutheran pastor, yeah. and I was serving a church up in Ogden and then was really feeling called to go become certified as a spiritual director. So I, I had left my call in my church and um, started doing my certification program and kind of in the middle of my program um, my husband is a child psychiatrist so and he works at a couple different residential treatment facilities around Utah so where teenage girls come to stay and um, just get healthy and they're usually there anywhere from like nine months up to a year maybe more so they always do roundtables about the students, and there was one particular student who needed a little more support in her spiritual life. So uh, Kirk, my husband, was like, "Well, I know someone, and that's <laughs> what she does. You know, she offers that." So I had a meeting with the clinical director up there just to talk about if I could start meeting with this student, which we decided we could. And then just randomly, the clinical director was like, "Well, what else would you want to do around here, Dana Lee?" and i was kind of like i i thought this was just going to be the thing and so i ended up teaching a class just one class per week in kind of their their mindfulness arena mm-hmm. which i felt was really akin to i was also just being steeped in contemplative spirituality through my spiritual direction program and for me there's just a lot of crossover um between mindfulness and contemplative spirituality or I don't know if others would say that, but for me, that's my experience of it. So I started just teaching a class up there. Um, and by teaching, kind of learning more about the mindfulness arena and just all the time making connections between that and, and contemplation. And so I would kind of just come up with my own themes that I wanted to teach the students. I think I was working in like, I would have a group for six weeks and then I would get another group for another six weeks. So I was thinking about, okay, what am I going to do for the next six weeks? And I thought, well, compassion, like Mm. that would be, that feels like that would be so helpful for this group of students, you know? And I taught one class and I knew I said, we can't even do compassion yet. We have to, it has to be self compassion first with the students because we can't teach can,
1: compassion for others until we teach compassion for ourselves. Yeah.
2: If we're not able to love ourselves yet, it's so much more difficult to give it to others mm. in a sustainable way, I would say. Because actually for a lot of people, it is easier to give compassion to others. Yes. It's so it's so much easier for me to be kind to you yes. than to myself. Yes. But the sustainability of that, I think, is... Uh, yeah. We have to love ourselves to continue mm-hmm. to be able to love mm-hmm. others. The well runs dry. Yeah, the well runs dry. Um, to be able to teach that class, then is mm-hmm. when I I realized. Well, what do I know about self compassion? And I, then I just started reading. And so you got hooked. I, I got hooked. I mean, I I started reading uh, Kristen Neff's book, Self Compassion, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and I. After teaching that class, we just decided, like, I'm always going to teach self-compassion. So this mindfulness arena that I was teaching in, um there were no there was no other themes now. It just has turned into a self-compassion mm. therapy group. <laughs> so that's it's just the central part of of what I teach up there now. So it's been interesting. And I think, God is so good in this way. Like so I came to this to to teach a class for others. But I know now after living with this for and teaching it more than 2 years that um I needed it. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And I always tell people when I teach a class, I try to kind of preempt the class by saying, "I am not really teaching this as an expert, I think for me, this is a lifelong practice. I don't know anyone who has mastered self-compassion. I don't, you know, you don't, you can't just, oh, one day I've learned it. I'm hundred percent and it's good to go. Mm-hmm. I, It's just like any practice. It, it is a practice because we need to keep doing it. So I say, I don't teach it as an expert. I teach it as someone who needs it. And I've realized that for me, teaching it, is my practice. Um, I have a, a a real desire to be like a just a twenty minute a day meditator, like, and I just have not gotten there yet. And I maybe I will someday be able to just sit down and kind of do that on my own. But I find the way that I practice self compassion the most is by teaching it to others. Um, when we are able to teach something, we we just learn so much more about it ourselves, you know? Yes. So. <laughs> I want to back up because you've used some words. You've used
1: mindfulness, uh, meditation, and also made a connection between self-compassion and contemplative spirituality. Mm-hmm. Um, it can f- feel like sometimes those were. Those mindfulness and meditation words are 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 new agey, or are not biblical, or something like that. But you made this connection between. I I can't help but see the connection between those kinds of practices. And certainly, we talk about meditating, or we. But but there's this maybe cultural sense that this goes in a direction that is not necessarily biblical. Talk to me about the that connection that you went, but huh, this self-compassion stuff really reminds me of contemplative contemplative spirituality, or maybe define what some of those words mean to you,
2: yeah so let me um, I'll get to the defining part. Yes, but, thank you, so it was interesting because as as soon as I started teaching this more in kind of a more secular setting, the the right. residential right. treatment center, but it's holistic care. So we are tending for their physical, their mental, and their their spiritual health, whatever the spiritual piece looks like to them. But also I think because I do have the pastor sensibility and I still I still right. have opportunities to this work. This is in still the lens through which you're gonna
1: see it's, things.
2: It's just how it's I'm just- wired. <laughs> so I what I've done just to kind of help me make connections and also because I knew I wanted to teach this in church settings so I've led like youth retreats adult retreats Mm -hmm. and taught adult classes I've just kind of built I think for my own edification but also to help help Christian people make a connection Mm -hmm. I've just tried to build kind of like a Christian foundation underneath it so for me um that that we're created in the image of God. So Genesis one, from the very beginning, right? For me, one of the one of the ways I think about God or talk about God is God is love. I think that I think a lot of people would say that or could understand that. Um, and so, for us to have a practice that that draws more love into our lives, um, we're made to do that. Hmm. You know. The being created in God's image, uh, the idea of being worthy is stamped all over that, and being worthy, like from the beginning, right? Not because of what we do or or what we can manage not to do. God has made us worthy from the very beginning, worthy of so many things. Um, I would say maybe most of all, love. Right, and so. That piece is a, is really foundational um, to why I would want to take on this practice. It's a practice of um, seeing myself as, as, as worthy. As worthy and said, as it's so hard person. for us to
1: wrap our brains around sometimes.
2: I know. Well, let's not go down that I know. Path. Keep going. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm just saying. But yeah, worthy of love um, because of who God has created me to be. Um, so that's that's a foundational piece. I, I think about Jesus' greatest commandment, you know, when he's asked, what, what's the greatest commandment? And he says, love God and love your neighbor as you love yourself. Yeah. So in that way, I even think of this as kind of a mandate, hmm. you know, that, that um, a loving mandate because hmm. because that's how I trust Jesus offered it to us. Um, but this is a way we're called to be in the world we're called to love God we're called to love our neighbor we're called to as love ourselves. ourselves Yes
1: interesting sometimes we forget about that little phrase on the end of that I know command I've always we thought- say love God love others
2: <laughs> right but
1: love others as yourself right inherently that can feel selfish
2: right I think ugh, just like anything when when self-compassion is practiced, in, in a balanced way, it's going to always be both mm. At loving ourselves. We are not going to be able to help ourselves from loving others in a deeper way. And ideally it works the other way too, that as we love others that draws us to love ourselves. I mean, ideally they're just interplaying with each other all the time. Although I know for myself, like I've spent many years of my life just out of balance just loving others, loving others, doing for others, loving others. And I, over the past couple of years through this practice, have really just been taught, I'm not saying I'm 100% in balance, but it's I'm more balanced um, learning how to care for myself in, in this way.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I want to get to some practical ways. What, what is
1: that care kind of look like? Mm-hmm. Tell me the definitions. Yeah. Well, I just want to I'm sort of a even ground on you know the the Is that s- even fair to ask? That's fair to ask. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: The science. Please fine. Um, you know, the other thing, let me say this cuz yeah. I think this can be connected to faith too. I sometimes I think we want to separate faith and science. And I just I for me the science behind self-compassion just makes it even more close to God. I mean, the way God has wired our brains mm-hmm. um, so that we live and survive, the way that we can do things to kind of change our neuronal patterns because – there's some things our brains do that we don't need them to do that much anymore. You know, we're not we're not afraid rocks are falling us on us anymore. You know, so <laughs> we don't have to. We maybe don't have to be as afraid or fearful about things as we as our ancestors needed to be. Mm-hmm. I don't think of myself as a science person, but for me, that also connects this mm-hmm. to God. Mm-hmm. All the stuff that um, our brains can do, mm-hmm. um, the malleability. Yeah, we make these
1: ruts. We think the same thing, these ruts and deeper and deeper and deeper, these ruts, and just to make new ruts, Mm -hmm. (laughs) fill that uh, rut up with some new thinking and make a different pathway,
2: which is possible. Right. We can create new pathways Mm -hmm. of thinking. And God has created us to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. This Mm -hmm. is one practice that helps us do that. Mm Mm-hmm when I was thinking about like, who is self-compassion for? Mm. And I I think my answer to that would be, it's for anyone who wants more love in their life, you know? So self, it's interesting, like compassion means to suffer with, right? Yes. So it's this, sometimes I, one of the hard parts about teaching this is like for some of the practices, you actually have to invite people to remember a difficult time or a difficult situation because it that's when we need compassion the most when we're struggling or suffering right so we talk about with self compassion it's not it's not a fixer like if i'm sad about something self compassion it's not going to fix what i'm sad about like that's still going to be there it gets worked out over time so it's not like an immediate fix but what self-compassion does is it kind of i think about it as like seeing a mess or like a tangle and it just comes and like sits some love down right next to it or even on top of it instead of um you know oh why am i feeling this way that critical voice that comes in you know so it's
1: narratives mm -hmm, mm-hmm mm-hmm
2: so self-compassion just, it adds love to those hard situations in life yeah. where we can kind of tend to ourselves in the difficulty. And then we move from there to do whatever we need to do to maybe it can be fixed. Maybe it just has to be kind of endured. <laughs> maybe it just needs some time, you know, but it 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 kind of helps us see like what the next step is, but like filled up with love instead of the other things we tend to, <laughs> that wanna creep in, that critical voice. Um, well, I think that defines it.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That picture, that visual, that illustration, which also just makes you think of who we, and how we see the Lord right. coming in, sitting down next to us, not necessarily giving us the, okay, here's exactly how we're gonna solve your problem, that's not the point. It's just the being with in the problem is such a beautiful picture of peace yeah. and rest and love. Right. And, and sometimes the waiting is the best gift we can give ourselves too, just to say it's okay. Just take some time here.
2: Right. And to think about being able to offer this to ourselves because mm. sometimes no one else is available. You know, if we're in the middle of the night, if we live alone. I mean, this isn't to say we don't draw other people into our lives to help comfort us and and be with us, but also how amazing that like we don't have to wait for someone else to get it or to come to our rescue. Like hmm. we we have like just love within ourselves, access to that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, to draw upon along with all the other tools God has given us to help us <laughs> live in this these lives that go every way with every emotion and
1: I think you make such a good point about how we look outward which is mean, first look outward first who can I call mm-hmm. who can give me some words of wisdom here? who can tell me what to do or what can I resource can I find that can help me figure out how to feel better often not taking the time to look inside ourselves mm-hmm. to get that comfort or to ask ourselves or to trust ourselves yeah. and our bodies and our brains yeah. about what the next right step might be. Mm-hmm. So you've mentioned practices or doorways of what that, that process kind of looks like when we pull up next to our tangle, make mm-hmm. friends with it, <laughs> sit down, feel the anxiety, mm-hmm. feel the heat of it. What are some of those steps or those those practices yeah. that you engage in?
2: Yeah. So let me talk about the doorways mm. and then there's there's a practice maybe I'll share that just kind of takes those into consideration. So the three kind of overarching doorways into self compassion are mindfulness. So, we're finally going to get to the definition mm-hmm. of mindfulness. Mm-hmm. It's but such it's, a
1: word, it's a big
2: word. I right know. Now. And it is all the rage right now. It's just, yeah. So, it's mindfulness, common humanity, and kindness. Those are the three doorways. Hmm. And so, what mindfulness, if, I mean, there's so many definitions for it, but I think what's helpful when I think about self-compassion, it's kind of being aware of what you're feeling in the moment, right? Just mindfulness practices help us be in the here and now. Mm. How much time do we spend in the past, like worrying about what we said or what we did and we're back there rerunning it in our heads, ruminating.
1: Or I how, think I read ninety five percent of the time we do that. I don't know how people it, it measure could that. Be, I don't uh, know the people that are measuring that. How exactly they're doing that? But I remember reading ninety five percent of the time we're we're somewhere else.
2: Yeah, where we are right now. Right, right. Maybe in the past or in the future. Mm-hmm. Like worrying about what's coming mm-hmm. or planning mm-hmm. or um. So mindfulness. Oh, I love making up what might happen. I know. So I know, and it's and so not constructive. At all. <laughs> Right. I use my time. I mean, you know, 5% of it actually happens. So. <laughs> um, so yeah, so mindfulness just it it helps us be in the moment. I think often that's where we find God too. You know, mm-hmm. God is everywhere. I mean, Alpha and Omega, beginning and the end, but oh my goodness, how nice is it just to meet God in the moment? Um, I know for me, this that happens kind of most easily like when I'm in nature if I'm if I'm outside like and I notice like the bird soaring it's just it brings me like right now and it's just I'm just here for me that's really connective to my faith Mm -hmm. um but the so the gift of mindfulness is being aware of how you're feeling in the moment just so that you can recognize it you know I I've and kind of the sooner we recognize some of these harder emotions, the sooner we can activate the love and the self compassion, right? So, how many times have we, like, if I'm having a frustrating moment with my kid, I'm just like I'm raging, I'm yelling at them, I've sent them to their room, then I then I then I'm raging by myself in the kitchen, you know, oh, and yeah, it's I act like that. I I'm know. an adult, I'm, and then I get to that ni- you know, later that night, and oh my gosh, like I was. That really set me off today, you know? Um, what a mindfulness practice or like just being aware of, or wanting to be mindful offers us is in the moment, Reflection. being able to say, like, oh my goodness, I'm really frustrated and impatient right now. And just knowing that and naming it, um, Kristen Neff would say naming it tames it. If you can name it, you can tame it. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and then with with self compassion, um, the sooner we can enact the love, the better. It's just it's just going to help every <laughs> situation. You know, I, the kid still might go to his room. I still might be frustrated, but maybe we can kind of shorten the time of the struggle or the tangle or the suffering mm-hmm. by just recognizing, oh yeah, I'm I'm really sad right now, or I'm really mad right now. So that's the mindfulness. I think just. It's, it's like the trigger that helps us know like, oh, yeah, it's time for some self-compassion because I'm a mess. I'm out of sorts, right? Mm-hmm. If we're not aware of our struggle or suffering, mm-hmm. we're not going to know to open the door to self-compassion.
1: And the uh, the opposite of that is to criticize yourself in it, is to say, I'm aware. I Look at me. Look at that narrative.
2: Yeah, that's probably what's going on for however long but the the mindfulness just it can kind of yeah like, stop I'm not, not going to judge myself, myself. Mm-hmm. we don't have to necessarily we still don't have to love the emotion right we don't it do, I don't have to befriend like my anger like I I might know like this isn't helping me but just naming it just recognizing it sometimes is all we need to do to it's almost like It's like the kid who's tugging on your shirt, like, I need attention. I need attention. And once you look down and say, Oh, hello. They're like, Okay. And then they're off to play. Right. (laughs) Sometimes that can happen a little bit. I think with our emotions too Mm -hmm. is just, they just need our recognition. Mm -hmm. And then, um, like I said, it's not a, it's not a fix. It's not going to make it totally go away. But once we know we're angry then we can or what we're afraid of or what we're yeah whatever it is then we can think about okay how do i want to what do i want to do how do i want to deal with this then mm-hmm. i think the other two doorways kind of help they're kind of the so next it's steps so mindfulness so mindfulness i think and, mm-hmm, and, and common humanity common humanity yeah so the common humanity piece might be like once we've recognized um oh man i was just i'm really impatient right now Common humanity uh, helps us know we're not alone. So, think about like when we've when we've acted out, when something we've done something we're not happy with ourselves about. We tend to self isolate, like physically. We might we don't want to be around people. We're a horrible person. I'm going to go to my room by myself, um, or we have that that role in our head of oh my gosh. No, I talk about being a mom a lot because I have two little boys. But no, no other mom struggles like this. Everyone else seems so patient. Like you just you put yourself like no one else has done this to their kids or Mm -hmm. or felt this frustrated or whatever it is. Um, So it's like our tendency is to self isolate when we're struggling. So what the common humanity doorway tells us or offers to us is a sense of not being alone. That actually suffering is what makes us human mm-hmm. no one gets through this life without some kind of struggle i mean it's on a continuum of course we all have our different things um isolating
1: so, ourselves out of shame right is
2: dangerous yeah so remembering that self the common humanity doorway it could just sound like oh so so this is what it feels like to have lost my temper. Well, yeah, other moms lose their temper too. Um, It can be really, it's really challenging to raise kids. A a lot of us, I I know a lot of other parents feel that way too, you know? Um, Yes. And we do. Um, It's beautiful to raise kids too. It is. But just that, that doorway just reminding us Someone else always has been there or close. Someone else has been frustrated. Someone else has been angry. Someone else has been disappointed. Whatever it is, so that we don't feel alone um, in our struggle, I think can be really helpful. Mm. Um, and then and kindness. And then kindness. It's kind of the most straightforward one. You know, there's a couple couple avenues in this doorway. So there's a lot of just like physical kinds of soothing we can offer ourselves. Mm-hmm. And sometimes just even just like a gentle hand over your heart mm. um or like over your like your solar plexus or your belly can be really soothing. Just holding your own hand mm-hmm. and just kind of with with the intention, right? With like I'm doing I'm holding my hand over my heart now and Knowing that I'm doing that as an act of kindness for myself, I think can really, I mean, just adding a couple of deep breaths can just really like take your, <laughs> take that emotion down, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, what are the kind words I can say? We we all have a critical voice. Yes. it It's running its motor, like even without us realizing it sometimes. But just, I think what kind words can we say to ourselves? It could be just something as simple as like, yeah, this is really hard and it's okay that you're struggling. I think sometimes people ha- struggle finding kind words for themselves. And so self-compassion teaches like a back doorway way into it. So it could, I could, right, it can be uncomfortable. It can. I mean, because we're not used to being kind to ourselves. Right. So I could think, well, Well, what if Tara came to me with the same thing I'm struggling with as my friend? Right. What would I say to Tara? Mm -hmm.
1: Why can't I say it to myself?
2: And then I can probably much more easily um, think about what I would say to you. And then you just, you do a little U-turn. And can you say that to yourself? Mm -hmm. And maybe you can't, um, but can you practice yourself into it? Probably.
0: Mm
2: and maybe you know the other two doorways might be enough or just a kind a kind touch a, a hand over your heart you know um might be enough for that moment if you can't find those kind words yet i love that three-pronged
1: practical discipline mm-hmm. or sp- spiritual discipline we can we can look at it like that of mm-hmm. you know being mindful um
2: being kind to yourself and Common humanity. Common humanity. I know that's the one. That's kind of the surprise in there. I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that goes back. The common humanity piece for me is really connected to being created in the image of God. Can I look in the mirror and, like, be brave enough to see that? You know, be loving enough to see that.
1: Are Are you seeing the area of post pandemic, and having to sort of? you know okay let's reengage you know let's go so many people are struggling with the demands on our time with the demands on the catch up of what what happened and how that affected our life in some large ways everybody's life in large ways and having a little bit of you know extra time to maybe Find these spaces, but then we lose it as we try to, you know, go back in and 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 are rushed and busy and all this kind of stuff. How do you see self compassion especially important yeah. in this time as people that are part of a common humanity, as followers of Christ that want to keep our eyes and our ears and our senses open to His voice and where that's
2: calling us. So. One of self-compassion's favorite questions is, what do I need? What do I need? We're not often as good at at asking that as we are about asking, well, what does this person need? What's needed in this situation? I think that could be a really helpful question. We're at, at such a unique point in the world, in history. It's there's been so many challenges over these pa- this past year and a half and we do have such a wonderful opportunity. We don't have to go back to how life was before COVID-19. I think it's we have a great opportunity to kind of, people talk about creating a new normal. Mm-hmm. I often think about, um, so in our Christian faith, we have kind of the you know, Jesus' death on Friday, um, the waiting period of Saturday, that's kind of the disorder, like things are all askew, right? Mm-hmm. And then we have this resurrection, which isn't like it was before Good Friday. Jesus is different. Mm-hmm. The disciples are different. And i that's such a cycle. I feel like we we go through not just at Easter time, but throughout our whole lives, where we're, we find some kind of order, it gets disordered, and then we have to figure out a new reorder. I think self-compassion is a practice to help find reorder from the disorder. And I think right now, all of us are just, we're, bet- we're, in, we're between the disorder and reorder. So how do we wanna reorder our lives? What are some of the questions we want to ask to help us think about what are the most important things? What do I need? And
1: there's so much permission in that question, which can be a quite a unique gift in itself mm-hmm. that some folks maybe that are listening were taught the exact opposite of. You know, don't ask that. You can look at so many Bible verses and say, you know, do everything out of, you know, do not do anything out of selfish ambition, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but this isn't selfish ambition. Right. The, the ambition isn't, isn't, isn't to be selfish, right. right? And to give yourself permission to ask a question, what do I need? Maybe the best step yeah, the best next step. But there's just a there's just a permission and, and a freedom in that question that maybe we need to reorder our thinking about. Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, I would say to walk well and walk worthy. Yeah, I would say if if people would only receive like one thing out of listening to this today, mm-hmm. if they walked away understanding at least in a bit deeper way that they have permission to ask that question, that's a great first step. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in leading a more self-compassionate and compassionate life. Mm-hmm. Um, the way we're wired, though, you, you guys know this, self-compassion and compassion towards others, they just work in tandem. Mm-hmm. It's, it is just part of God's great design. I mean, we know this when we go on a service trip or offer service to others. We tend to feel better ourselves. We don't do it for that reason, but that is what tends to happen, and it works the opposite way too, right? So our care for ourselves mm-hmm. also we've talked about this already, but it mm-hmm. also allows us to to extend the care outside of ourselves. They are just kind of two sides of the same coin and they're just going to work, ideally they're just going to work like in this in this flow.
1: Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: That's the cycle that you're talking. I think that's the cycle that you're talking about and that just ongoing Mm -hmm. run on sentence, (laughs) my favorite kind of sentences of giving and receiving and giving and receiving. Is this the, We've got a wooden, <laughs> we've got a wooden ying yin yin yang yin, yin yep. yang. Yeah, that's kind of yin yin funny yang. that I don't know if it's yin or yang <laughs> or yin yang. <laughs> but you're welcome. In front of us here, that wooden yin 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 okay yep. yin and yang bowl. Hell, is that what you're talking about when you were? It's part of. Or it. is this a different?
2: Okay. Yeah, yeah. Share with us. So those. this is this piece along with the three doorways is kind of another overarching way that's helpful for me when I've kind of ordered my thinking about this or like the umbrella of teaching. So there we talk about, now I'm going to talk about two sides of self compassion. Oh, So we have this yin side, which is, it's kind of the softer side of self compassion. It's the kind of tending to our inner lives, our inner self. And I think the yin side is the one that most of us think about when we think about self-compassion. Um, so just really being with ourselves in kind of a, a tender, loving way. I love the tend word. Yeah. The tending. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. The, te- the attending. Yeah. To ourselves.
2: Yeah. The self-compassion teaching I've mostly taught is kind of more on this yin side, the the tender, the the inner stuff. And I'm... I'm just starting to teach more on the yang. And Kristen Neff actually just wrote another book called Fierce Self-Compassion. Like It's just out last month, so I haven't even read it all yet, but I commend it to people. Mm -hmm. Um, And she's talking more about this other side, the balancing side of the yin, is this yang. So it's more of a fierce self-compassion. It has to do more with um, how we are in the world. So yin is kind of the inner, tending our inner lives. The yang has more to do about action we might need to take in the world. So the yang side, when we're thinking about self-compassion, has more of a sense of like to take care of myself. How? What do I need to do to keep myself safe? What do I need to do to provide for myself the thing that I need in this situation. And it has more of, of a sense of like, what kind of motivation do I need if a change, if if a change needs to happen, right? Um, whereas like the inside would be more of, we're just validating ourselves. Like every, it's okay. It just, it is what it is. It's Okay. The he other side is actionable. A there's little an, more there's an action. actionable side to right. You know, like if she uses an example, if a building is burning, we're not just gonna sit outside of it and say, "Oh, well, that must be really hot." Okay, we <laughs> just oh, that poor building. You know, right, we're, right, gonna, right. We're, we, we're, we're gonna we we we're gonna rush in. We're gonna see who's there. We're of gonna course. get out our loved ones. You know. Um, or if we're in the burning building, we're going to get ourselves out, right? That's the mm-hmm. um, that's the yang side. We mm-hmm. got we got to get ourselves safe, whatever that means, um, as a way of taking care of ourselves. You know, that's also where the question, like, what do I need, comes into play again. It part of that is what's what side. You know, it could be what doorway do I need to walk into. It could be though, oh, do I need more yin, self compassion, like a loving tending to myself, or do I need to take action Mm -hmm. or is it a mix of both? Mm -hmm. Um, But these also were kind of wanting to find some balance between those two sides. I also love, I I'll just say like I I've started just because of this last year and all of the, the social issues that Mm. have come up. I've really started to think about self-compassion like as a tool for advocacy, you know, like how, if if we're using fierce self-compassion to tend for ourselves, how easy is it then to turn that fierce compassion out onto the world? Interesting. Yeah. I, I'm thinking that she goes there in this book, um just from some articles I've read. Because there's a
1: lot of heat out there to keep going with the burning building when it comes to different issues that we feel passionate about. I know. There's a lot of heat in those conversations. There's a lot of energy that's expended and extended and Mm -hmm. shot out at one another. But how can self-compassion or fierce compassion be a part of how we have those conversations of how we process, of how we try to understand somebody who thinks a lot differently than us. Right. And that honors God in the process.
2: Right. If we're practicing in the common humanity doorway, Mm. seeing ourselves as created in the image of God, how much easier? I mean, it's still hard work, but do we have a leg up on turning that vision outward and seeing Someone on whatever side, other side of whatever issue, oh, well, if I'm created in the image of God, if I'm part of this common humanity, then so are they. There aren't exclusions in that. Mm -hmm. I don't think we would be able to exclude as easily after practicing this.
1: Great point. It's hard work. (laughs) I mean, yeah. So, what are some other Topics, maybe, or things that we haven't mentioned that you want to share about why this is important in our our actions and our attitudes as believers yeah. in Jesus um, and how this can draw us closer to Christ, closer to ourselves. I always think of the, the, the four relationships. There is our relationship, which I, I like. The relationship to myself usually takes the back burner. Relationship mm-hmm. to myself relationship to others around me, my relationship to God, my relationship to the earth. Mm. And sometimes when I don't know how to pray, I just (laughs) (laughs) try to pray about about something in all three or four of those areas um, or praise in all four. But how how does this, anything
2: else you wanna say about how that helps those relationships? I always feel permission I just bring God along. I mean, don't we get to do that as Christians? Like if someone's saying, "Well, that's secular," that's, "Well, God is with me, so God is with me." I, whatever it is, you know, I get to choose. Mm-hmm. Can't go do yoga. Yeah, I mean, right? has to be holy yoga. Right. We get to do yoga. Yeah, we get to choose. Uh regular. We get to choose just that we we bring God along. Mm-hmm. I've I've taught I just did like a um Kind of like a like five sessions teaching self compassion. We I taught like an overview, and then we did just four practice sessions um, at a church up in Park City. And at we and on one of the practice sessions, someone's feedback after was like, "Well, that felt like praying for me." And I think I had called it meditation, or that that was the name of the official practice, or whatever it was. And I was just like, "That's so perfect." It's you know we. This is this these books are written by a scientist. We can we can use whatever lenses we want, we can make it work for us, we can tweak it. I mean, that's kind of the beauty I think of of any practice, wherever mm-hmm. it comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, if I want my faith to be front and center, I just tweak it to make that happen. Mm-hmm. So I I think we bring God along and we can make God a part of of anything and kind of make sense in that. I also think if if this is a practice of just, it's a way of inducing more love into our lives. For me, I mean, love is a is a uh, a fruit of the Holy Spirit, right? It's it's just like more love in our lives means more God in our lives. In my, that's how I view it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't think we can go wrong in our Christian walk by practicing things that bring love to ourselves and then also extend out into the world. I, I think another important part of, of my own faith is there's a, so I've talked a lot about we're created in the image of God, yeah. also the likeness of God. Mm. So I I kind of think about the image of God is just, that's the given, it's from the beginning. And cr- being created in the likeness of God I think is I have a sense of like we grow into that ideally on our on our Christian journey on our walk. We're becoming more and more like God. We're not becoming God, so we you know, but but we're growing. We're transforming. I I think about uh I'm I'm always becoming more and more who God has created me to be. And so for me, this self-compassion has become a tool for that, and just uh, becoming my truest self might be another way of saying that. I, that's something; those are words I like to use. But, but it's always becoming my truest self, becoming who God has created me to be. It always has to do. Um, not just with my own self knowledge, not just for my own self, but it always has to do with what then I am able to offer out to this world mm. that God loves, to the people, the that beloveds God of God that God loves. So it's always both, and I I think for people who would say, well, it is selfish, or I think we have to trust ourselves more that if it is feeling selfish if it is feeling like i'm centering myself too much that then that's the key that we we find the balance you know just like we realize i'm serving others so much and my well is dry we have to trust ourselves that we find the balance there too and give ourselves you know fill fill our bucket a little bit so can, you know can we trust ourselves can we trust that in prayer In our own discernment practices, that the Holy Spirit too will help us know when we're tipped over to one side too much. Well, thank you, Dana Lee, for
1: joining us today and sharing not only your knowledge about self compassion, but your experience of it, your personal practice of it, and for all the tools that help us to consider how we can be mindful. Consider how we can be aware of ourselves, but also of common humanity around us, and exercise kindness.
0: Thanks so much for listening. I don't know about you, but as I exhale here, listening to this conversation was just like a refreshing, freeing, and grounding breath of fresh air, and I really hope it was the same for you. I have a feeling that this episode might have resonated with a good bunch of people, if God has put someone on your heart who you think might want to hear this conversation, please send them the link to give it a listen. Lee has also provided us with a list of books and a few other resources for you to dig a little deeper on this topic. We'll put the links to all of that up on the website at CapitalStories.com. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.